Welcome back to Don't Call a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We have finished, gone all the way through Theories of Calderon by Jim Butcher, ready to talk about everything in the book. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I want to get us in the headspace to for for something fun, something a little silly. Uh, I want. I'm going to do a little sharing of personal information right now. Not s- well. We like might social security number. <laughs> Not that deal, personal. Finally, but <laughs> I'll say okay. We're all on. Uh, we've all been on lockdown for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, lockdown, I don't know if, if this was the case for anyone else. I thought that it was a good opportunity to do some experimenting, right? Like no, not many people are going to see you as normal. So I've already, I've already, uh, gotten a buzz cut once just to see what my head shape looked like. Uh, got that out of the way. (laughs) Didn't love it. Will not be doing it again. (laughs) All right. All right. Um, I hope that other people have been doing some experimenting like that. I gotta say, Luke, get another chance. I've been experimenting. I'm gonna real quick just to throw it because I I have two. Uh, This might not be the greatest experiment, but uh, I was curious how long I could go without showering. (laughs) It's not a good experiment, by the way. I could be depressed, actually. Now that I mention it, I could be depressed. I don't think so. Okay. uh, Okay. I went a couple weeks without showering and then was like, oh, wait. <laughs> a couple weeks? Yeah, well, I don't really, like, interact with anybody. So it's not oh, like... Man. It's not like anyone's saying, like, dude, you kind of smell... And, That's you know, incredible. my daily schedule is completely destroyed at this point. It's gone. Yeah, but you had to just feel awful for a while. No? You kind of... Okay, I'll, I'll say this. You kind of get used to it. <laughs> I'm not proud of this. I should say I'm not proud of this at all, but you very much no, no, get we're used not. to it. Okay. Now, no matter how absurd mine is, we're keeping this in because <laughs> of you saying that. Um, thank you. Thank you for admitting that. I want to get to my newest experiment. Mm-hmm. So my, my partner uh, went out of town for a while and I figured no one's going to see me shirtless for a while time to shave the belly and chest oh okay all right and i'll say and i'll say this would not recommend it (laughs) (laughs) gotta be itchy right don't do it you guys gotta be actually it's not necessarily about the feel it looks i look really weird Mm. that's all that's the issue like a little baby like a smooth like a smooth little baby I look like an alien, I think. Like, you know... <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> like, I feel like there was a while ago, there was some TV show about somebody that was a clone or something, yeah, and they Kyle didn't have XY. a belly button. Yeah, Kyle XY. Yep, it's that one. And obviously, it's not the same thing, but it gives me that vibe. Ooh, interesting. It makes you feel you like you're I mean? just a clone, like you're right out the tube. It just, like, there's something strange when you when I look at... When I look at myself, I'm just like, I can't quite put a finger on what's wrong. Like, obviously, I know what it is. Right. It's, but it's unsettling, not like, is what you're saying. It's just weird. It's like an uncanny valley situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I do, I'm do. i doing this experiment so that you guys 
don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, feel free if you want to feel free to do it and tell me if your experience is the same as mine. Um, but I'll just say, I'll just say uh, we're over one right now. Okay, this is good to know because I, I would have thought it was it was like a feel thing because I could imagine mm-hmm. like as that hair is growing back and your shirt's kind of rubbing against it, it's not a great it's not a great feel, but mm-hmm. um, but good to know there's a looks issue too with Luke. I've never tried that, uh, and I'm not really being encouraged to. <laughs> So thanks for that Fair info, enough. Luke. Uh, I'm also glad we kept it above the belt. We're not that kind of a show. Oh, no. Of course not. So we don't want to hear about any of your other shaving adventures if you're out there. Let's keep it above the belt, everybody. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, let's get... <laughs> there we go. We're, we're warmed up. Let's get into it. Before, before we get into it, just to stay on topic here... Uh, very related to our our intro today. Hope everybody's having a good Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a little unusual this year, but uh, you know, hope you've got some nice a nice dinner. Maybe maybe you're doing a Zoom call with some relatives uh, or friends. And if you need you know if you need to if you want to message somebody, follow follow our subreddit. Get on our subreddit. And uh, comment on this episode. Let's see how your Thanksgiving was. I'd love to hear it. We're That's, here for you, it. Uh, yeah. How much? How much did you eat? You don't have to necessarily tell me that. Actually, it's kind of weird. But <laughs> all right, let's talk about these these theories, Luke. <laughs> okay. I want to start with a comment that we got this week. So last week we didn't talk about the comments. We loved them, but we responded to most of them on the subreddit. This week, I want to talk about a comment that Torden EQ made, and I actually want to expand upon my answer that I gave to his comment. I did respond on the subreddit, but Torden was essentially slam dunking Fidelius for killing two messengers and like kind of wiping his hands and saying, wow, good job. Great job, Fidelius. We, we stopped all the messages from getting out. And that's like kind of a idiot move here because you don't know how many messages they're sent out. You also don't know if somebody fury crafted a squirrel to go run out with a little message. Like you don't know. But the other thing about this that I think is wild that I said a little bit in my comment, but I want to expand on here. Water crafters can do like FaceTime with people (laughs) from like, it seems like infinite distance. So what are we doing sending messengers? <laughs> right. Yeah, because uh, this is tough. Because yeah. early in this book, Amara mm-hmm. drops a little like token into the river and is able to contact the First Lord. Mm-hmm. It's wild to me that the Count is not giving out a token to all of his Steadholters. Be like, hey, something crazy happening. Just drop me a line. Right. I've always got a water crafter here because that's like how they this whole thing works. Fire. <laughs> this is my next point. What are we doing with signal fires, guys? Send him, leave him a voicemail. 
send him like a little watercrafted message all right what guys there's got to be a better way with the watercrafting stuff you would you would think but uh who's to say so here here's why i think they might not be doing this maybe it's not super secure right you've got a message you got to send out you have to tell your fury what the message is maybe the furies are like gossiping among themselves (laughs) you know and so if you have a really important message that needs to get out the furies like "Mm, i will get that message sent out right away uh but first uh, i gotta go to the break room Uh, i'll be right back very very possible Mm -hmm. i'll say this i don't know if i care (laughs) yeah especially if it's an emergency like we need help message probably not yeah probably not um yeah i don't know i don't know i feel like we were missing an explanation somewhere that was like oh yeah they can't do this because uh the furies are not very reliable i don't know I I feel like there's, this is obviously not the case, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there's a little, a little memory spell on all of the like side abilities of the fury crafting, because it seems like everyone just forgets the effects that certain things can have. I'm going to, I'm going to bring us back to something that I think you brought up last episode Mm -hmm. where the like emotional manipulation aspects of certain things are very important but no one seems to really take them into account in their everyday interactions Mm -hmm. so the obvious one of this is when bernard and amara start making out and she gets like super about it about it and and then they realize that bernard has been like fury crafting on her and it's like what <laughs> how are you not remembering that he can do this <laughs> right well and because she explicitly remembered it when she first met him i think she explicitly mentioned it like oh he's an earth crafter so i gotta be a little careful and then they're just like locked in a prison cell and she's like suddenly very into it and has no moment where she's like but he is an earth crafter, but I'm also very into it. Maybe I'm just very attracted to this guy. This is exactly the thing we were worried about. The The part that's even worse, though, is apparently they're not even in control of it sometimes. That doesn't make it better that Bernard wasn't in control of this, like, lust pheromones that he was giving off. That's not a good thing. This is dangerous, guys. No, for sure. If you do it to me once, I'm never trusting you again. I don't know. I don't like it. It's not cool. It's really not cool. I get it's it's probably different in this world where apparently everybody has a fury and I this is I guess happening all the time with everyone and uh, I'm assuming everyone's constantly apologizing to everyone for making them horny or anxious or angry, but 
ah, I wouldn't want to do it. I would not want to live around here, guys. No. no. You uh, got to make some strategic choices with like who your friends are. Right. You know, like I want to have, I want to uh, go to a party, have a good time tonight. Let's invite my firecrafter buddy who can just make us all happy. That'd be but cool. we all have to like acknowledge that he's doing it. Right. Because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be like mood affected against my will. Right. Right. You want to go to Disneyland because you're happy. You don't want to go to Disneyland and be made happy. That's not a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, this... I feel like we might be a broken record on this, but I've, it's important. It's very important. Luke, I, uh, yeah. And it's wild that it gets so little coverage too. Like, it seems like people talk a lot more about the physical manipulation side of the Furies than the emotional manipulation side of the Furies. When we've seen in this section the power of the emotional manipulation of the Furies, because Graham or Gam or whatever the Count's name is makes a fire that is so terrifying that thousands of warriors just run away from it when they're clearly going to win the battle. But there's so much terror in this fire that they all run away. That's incredibly powerful. But everybody just wants to blast them with fire pots and use <laughs> fireballs. And it's. Ooh, ooh, Luke, hold on. Is this, is this the reason Tavi hasn't told anyone what theories he can manipulate? Ooh, okay. I don't know about Tavi, but I, but I will say, seems like it would be very useful to hide what kind of fury you have if you're, if you're like malevolent. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Which or a spy right as a spy that's what i'm thinking is like if you're a spy just never use the physical part of let's say your fire fury never cast like a fireball but just be using it to make people around you a little bit more anxious at the opportune moments like that's brilliant because then nobody knows to be worried about it which I guess the point is moot because everybody forgets to be worried about it anyway, which we've already talked about. But if people were thinking clearly about this stuff, it's kind of it's kind of related to the point we brought up again previously about Bernard should be suspicious of Amara because it seemed like Amara was fury crafting Bernard to be super into it. When like, I guess she was just hot was the thing that... <laughs> It's. It seems like she was just hot, Luke. I guess. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right, Luke. Can we talk about this battle? Most of what mm-hmm. I want to talk about in this section is the battle. Do you have anything before this starts? No, I think I'm. I'm ready to. I'm ready to talk about it. Uh, I do have a couple notes during it. Okay. I want to talk about this wall and its problem, okay? Because this wall has the opposite problem of the 
Game of Thrones wall. Do you know what that problem is, Luke? No. It's too short. It's just they didn't make it big enough, guys. I get what you were going for when you built this wall. Good ideas, everybody. But not nearly big enough. They can jump over it. Luke, they literally jumped on top of the wall. That's not a wall anymore. It's not good. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I don't remember if it says a specific height, but... I think they said it was like 20 feet high. Okay. I don't know how high a normal wall is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does seem like uh, if you're there to protect against the Marat, which is the only point of having this castle. Literally the only one. There, <laughs> you might take into account their physical capabilities a little bit. And don't, I, I will not tolerate anyone saying they didn't know how high the Marat could jump. You, They knew what the different tribes were. Bernard is like, oh, I think I see Herdbane tribe and Wolf tribe. Okay, so they know what the different tribes are. They've fought them before. And I'm gonna guess when they fought them the first time, they saw some of them jump. Did you just not get any of the engineers who saw them jump working on this wall? Were you just like, uh, 20 feet should be good, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that should be fine. Can you jump? Can you jump on Especially a 20 when foot you wall? consider when you consider that like it's not doesn't take a ton of resources to make it taller. They did it in a day. They made it, took it taller like a bunch of in villagers. A day. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. I, I the uh, this empire kind of deserves to fall, right? I I definitely think that they do. Um, the other thing about this is, am I the only one that thinks fifteen years isn't very long? Uh, no, N- not at all. Like fifteen years ago, the Marat came in and did a lot of damage, killed the heir to the throne. That much right. damage. And now we hear, whenever someone hears this warning, someone's like, ah, uh, the Marat are here. Person's like, no way. That's impossible. That hasn't happened in 15 years. That hasn't happened in generation. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. <laughs> it's like... I don't know. It's almost like they built this wall as just a symbol. Like, hey, Marat, we don't want you to come back. We know this isn't really going to do anything to deter you and is going to cost a lot of resources and time and probably not be that effective, but we're going to build it anyway as a symbol. Like, fine, but don't expect it to actually work if it's just a symbol, guys. Also, how do they have no idea the the numbers that they're working with here? Because the Marat show up with like tens of thousands of soldiers and everybody on the wall in Garriston seems so surprised. And it's I like I could get if you don't know the names of the the like the herd masters. I could get if you don't know who they are. But 
we're literally just asking for like rough estimates of how many warriors they've got so that you can know how many people to keep on the wall (laughs) and you don't know oh guys it's also like your phrase for them is horde that means a lot of them (laughs) it does mean a lot of them yeah okay okay one thing one thing that i'll I'll say in the in the empire's defense Mm -hmm. is it seems like they are protecting themselves against a lot of different threats Mm -hmm. yeah this is true so i don't want to i don't want to like go at them too hard (laughs) because at the end of this book the first lord comes in with like so many knights (laughs) And I was going to say, like, what what are we doing? Where are these guys? But uh, really quick, there's, I mean, there's maybe, there's some other threats, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other threats that might be some Icemen doing stuff over there, maybe. I don't know. This right. is just one, this is one of the many things that our first Lord has to worry about, I guess. I think this is true. And as we as we kind of touched on in episode one, this might not even be the most major threat. We've got a student mm-hmm. cursor who's on this job. All right. So we have no idea what other threats are going on in the rest of the realm. So, yeah, I'm going to say fair enough. Fair enough. But you'd think a wall wouldn't be that much of an ask. Right. I'm I'm deciding to put this like as so insignificant compared to the rest of their problems. Mm-hmm. is is what i'm getting from their preparations and what i see from the end of the book mm-hmm. um the, like <laughs> i just have to think that this is basically an afterthought for the first lord based on the way that he has behaved with it so far <laughs> you're saying you're saying the first lord was headed to the actual combat zone with all those knights and on the way they were like oh we should probably stop in the valley of the calderon valley and let those, those people those know they scrubs. did a good job. <laughs> yeah, those scrubs did something over there. Let's let's give them a high five. Yeah, let's give them pr- some props while we go deal with the the real conflict over here. Yeah, that's my that's my theory. Um, I want to say, okay, during this this battle, there's one really good warrior on our side. Perellis, I think, is his name. The, oh yes he's like a metal crafter he's the very knight commander sports. yeah and my first note is that he's he was like very sexist at the beginning and seemed kind of incompetent but as soon as he takes it seriously he's like really good mm-hmm. but then i was thinking about this a little bit and does sexism make a ton of sense in this world do you know what i mean mm. well. like when you consider that most of their abilities comes from fury crafting and i assume that it's like roughly equal based on amara and isana like are very powerful and it kind of just depends on what fury you get i guess yeah yeah it's interesting to me that sexism is still such a huge part of this this is an interesting discussion i think we need to be careful because sexism doesn't make sense in our world like oh yeah yeah it doesn't make sense in our world it just exists in our world uh and i think 
there could be potentially an argument for why it exists in our world because of like strength, like raw strength differences, let's say, in men and women. Um, but here, if you have like a earth crafter, their strength is coming from their fury. So it's not even like, it doesn't matter if they're a man or a woman at that point. Right, right. And and to this, like, to go a little bit further, I know at least one time Tavi, for example, is talking about, like, the women in their cultural culture don't fight. And I'm just like, why, though? Yes. Well, does Tavi... I seem to remember when Amara and Fidelius went to that rogue legion, there were women who were either knights or legionaries that were riding around. And I remember thinking like, oh, it's going to be a book that's like very egalitarian in the gender roles. And then, oops, no, it definitely wasn't. Uh, But I remember reading something like that in the very beginning. So maybe it's just less common. Like it's, it's like expected that all the men serve in the military and then like some women also participate. Maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it definitely seems odd in this, in this context. Um, I think it's also kind of crazy that everyone is so shocked that Isana becomes a stead holder when like, guys, she's clearly super competent. And like, what, why is this even a barrier? Why is this a barrier we need to break? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it does seem very strange in this world. And uh obviously it's very strange in our world too does not make sense in our context maybe this is something where uh it helps us kind of relate to the story in a way mm-hmm. obviously in, in a negative way but <laughs> it's easier to relate to this kind of a society sure sure we can let's we let's leave it there because okay. that so kind of midway through the battle a bunch of stead holders show up to garrison and the person in charge of the gate tells them to turn around and leave because it's hopeless what are you doing why are we even considering turning help away at this point this is like after the first two waves of Marat have come through. And I was like, oh, okay. The battle's got to be almost over, right? Because pretty much all the legionaries are dead. Uh, you barely made it through this second wave. And then these stead holders show up. And the guy at the the rear gate is like, yeah, but you guys aren't soldiers. So <laughs> I don't think, oh, I don't know if you can really help us. I, okay, so I, I will say, I think that there is a certain amount of them thinking that they're not going to be able to help them because they're not soldiers. But I also think that there's a hefty amount of them being like, go save yourselves. Maybe you can escape kind of thing. Yeah. Which in that context, I feel like it makes a little bit of sense. 
I think it does if that's the context, but like they're at Garrison. And <laughs> if an army hits that place right now or like imminently, they're going to be like coming through the whole valley. So they're, you can't really be getting that far away, right? They're already there. It's like, well, just why not have everybody leave then? If it's clear you're all going to lose and die, mm. why not everybody retreat and like take up a more defensible position down the valley? I think I think this this person at the gate maybe was just a little a little egotistical. <laughs> like I think he might have wanted some glory here and he kind of thought that he would be the one to save the day. Like this guy is the okay. main character of his story and he sees a bunch of people come up to help and he's like, "Ah, oh, my victory is not going to look as cool." If a bunch of people come help right before the battle is almost over. Right. Like he wants a bigger comeback is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. He's like, man, I've been saving this wind fury that I haven't told anybody about. And I'm going to pull it out in this big battle and it's going to turn the tide and save the day. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this move. And then a bunch of stead holders show up and he's like, oh, my victory is not going to be soiled by you people. <laughs> I don't want you people getting the credit. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I think the that... holders already have too much credit. They're covered in glory already. It's frustrating. <laughs> right, right. Let this guy at the gate get some. I think that's, I think that's probably it. And see, look what happened, Luke. Well, I don't even remember this guy's name. <laughs> No clue. I don't remember if he's the guy that got punched or not. I think he might that be. That guy was everywhere, though. <laughs> Did he get a medal? A it doesn't seem like he even days. got a medal. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Didn't turn out great for him. So, bummer. One thing that I'm interested in about this, this battle. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to move us on a little bit to when the, the good guy, Marat, come through. Mm -hmm. And there's a little a little duel taking place, and I I feel like I was under the impression that these were very holy or mm -hmm. sacred. Yes. Um, but then like one of them is winning, and the other side just like takes out a poison arrow and shoots him, mm -hmm. and then like it descends into chaos, like with. I guess from that point on, it's like, oh, so you guys don't actually care about the sanctity of this ritual duel thing, like, at all. Yes, kind of. I think so. So, I think the Gargant and the Horse Tribe might actually believe it, right? So, they might actually think that it does give them power. Right. And so it's by by the Herdbane tribe kind of forfeiting the contest, they have been given the like right from the one to win. And so while it's like, yes, partly like a ritual, I think it might also be seen as like actually giving them power and authority. And it also seems like the Herdbane and Wolf tribes didn't really care to begin with 
Like, it seems like they were much more into the eating people alive part of this religion than the, like, rituals and, like, theology, let's say. Because mm-hmm. we get hints that there used to be a fox horde and Herdbane just, it sounds like, massacred them. And it sounds like they massacred them in a similar way to what they were trying to do with the gargant tribe where they there was like a contest and then they cheated and just killed them all right okay but before this happens the gargant and horse tribe are like following the other two and and what's his name comes up with some like complex legal argument (laughs) based on these rituals that is going to allow him to like safely take over yes their own their own course of action and it's like if the other side was just trampling on all of your norms then if they weren't going to count the votes anyway why are you having an election is what you're saying (laughs) right there's I've, i've i see no correlation to anything in our current life um right do you know what i mean like yeah yeah yeah. no i i get what you're saying i think perhaps okay there's two explanations i think perhaps Dorogo didn't know that they would do this perhaps he was like i want to be on the best footing possible so that when i do call a stop to this then i will have like as much support as i can that's one option. The other is maybe this is not like, so we're assuming that the leader of the Herdbane tribe can command everyone like absolutely. And so maybe this is not all of them that decide to go along, right? Maybe he- As in like there are other tribes? Well, so it seems like there's four main tribes, right? The horse, gargant, wolf and herdbane but maybe the the herdmaster headmaster of the herdbane doesn't like maybe there are some people that revolt at this point maybe there are some Mm. marat that say oh you didn't follow the right rules of this contest so i'm not gonna do it so so are you thinking that Daroga is like appealing to them. Yeah, he's appealing to the moderates. Okay. <laughs> smart, smart move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think that there's two reasons why he's trying to get the like legal, the legal avenues on his side. Okay. And it sounds like they won. It sounds like they, they were able to, to stop this deal. So, yes, it does sound like that, but I feel like it was purely based on them, like, winning the fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say maybe there—you might be right that the reason that they won the fight is maybe there's, like, a certain amount of Herdbane and Wolf Warriors that are like, are we the baddies? (laughs) Exactly, right. So maybe that is the case, and the the appealing to the moderates move uh, turned out well. It's a unifying message, Luke. Right. But I don't know. 
I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, if they're not going to follow the rules in the first place, why are you going to all these crazy legal avenues to get the one on your side? It seems kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I think there's there's there are good reasons why Dorogo is kind of pursuing this option. Also, it sounds like the horse tribe, they needed to get on board, and they were like, we're not going to do it unless the one condones it. Yeah. So that might have been more what the the strategy was is to just get the horse tribe on board i know okay i know we talked about the wall earlier but now that we're in the fight and we see the gargant tribe show up i want to talk about the wall again because it did literally nothing right the big gargant just like (laughs) destroys it just walked through it it didn't even (laughs) matter that they made it taller okay okay this is hilarious because let's now let's think about this there are four tribes two out of those four tribes your wall is useless against 50 <laughs> percent of all of these warriors could just smash through the wall or jump over the wall it's bad it's a bad wall and then it's not a great wall <laughs> okay then the wall is set up with a big wooden gate in the middle. And we live in a culture where there are people that can control wood. So, like, maybe consider making the gate out of multiple materials so that you don't have one weak point where one guy can walk up, touch his hand to it, and then turn it to sawdust. Yeah, but Dan, it's, you know, it's, we're against the Marat. They don't, they don't have that. Okay, do they have fire? Or axes, maybe? Get me a wooden gate in front and an iron portcullis behind it. Mm, too much, too much work, Dan. <laughs> too much work. It is a lot of work. That's a good point. The other the other note I wrote down, but kind of was explained, but kind of uh, I wasn't too satisfied by it. After they broke down the gate the first time, and there was a big hole in the wall. And Bernard showed up with a bunch of earth crafters and were like, hey, we can make your wall taller. I'm sitting over here like, why do we still need a gate? <laughs> yeah, they're, so here's the thing. They just pile up a bunch of like wagons or something, right? Yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> and they're like, let's make the wall taller. <laughs> you guys pile up some wagons. <laughs> we're just going to we're going to we're going to focus on making the wall taller. <laughs> it's like I, I feel like you you add on to the wall as well a little bit here what is it why do we need a gate <laughs> in case we come back like years down the line after we retake this all from the marat and we we don't want to have to dig out the gate no you, you a cave-in there's a cave-in at the gate and it's full of rock now this this is like if a bunch of people got their powers, but they had lived their entire life without them and like keep forgetting that they have these powers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Like if they if they had them for a long time, they they'd already they would instinctively know these like interesting ways to use them. They'd be like, Oh, you have a hole in your wall that's made of rocks? Yeah, we can fix that. We could just put a bunch of rocks in there. I can do that easy. But they seem like people who just got their powers 
and are like, hmm, I can make your wall taller. I can do that with my rocks. You need a you need a gate though. I don't know how we're gonna solve this problem of the gate. That's right. that's beyond me. I can't make a gate. I can only do rocks. Yeah. Now I will say they sort of explain this later, and that they say that the gate has a met like metal around it, so they can't just like seal it over with rock because there's like a metal barrier but like there's gotta be a way we're not being creative enough guys this actually luke i'm so glad you brought up the lack of creativity with the earth crafters here because their idea to stop the marat is to make the wall taller but that's like the only thing they can think of and sure, they add spikes to it. Good good move. Definitely a, a reasonable idea. I think we need to get more creative, though. Okay. Like right off the bat. You got some ideas? Right off the bat. How about some trenches out front? Maybe a moat mm-hmm. could be useful. Maybe a big pit could be Turn good. Turn it into a maze. Turn it into a labyrinth. Cool idea. Very <laughs> fun. Uh... Here's an idea, Luke. You raise up a bunch of tall uh, stone ramps. You get some water crafters around. Maybe send some water from the top to the bottom of these into some nice pools. And the Marat are distracted by the greatest water park in the land. Right. All of a sudden, they realize that we can work together and have a lovely society. They see a slide with a loop-de-loop in it, and they're like, I don't really care about eating these people alive. I want to try that slide. I don't care that the line is 45 minutes long. I don't care. And I'm going to get sunburned as hell waiting to get to the top to ride for like 10 seconds. That's got a loop-de-loop. Mm-hmm. Let's get creative, guys. We do. We are looking for some more creativity I, l- listeners, if you've got some ideas, some better ideas, I feel like there's probably tons. Mm-hmm. You've got wind, you've got fire, water, wood, metal, and stone. Like, let's do something. Give me, give me your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So towards the end of the battle, we get some some revelations that no one could have predicted. Oh, turns out Fade is a sneaky guy. Here we go. Got that one right. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out Tavi is our uh, our grandson. Uh, Boom. Uh, hold on, Luke. Uh-oh. I'm going to stop us right there. <laughs> I'm going to stop us right there. Okay. That's not... That is not confirmed. And I'll say this. What does Fade give Tavi as a present? He gives him the cloak of one of the guardsmen. Hmm. Doesn't he give him the sword? And the sword, yeah. Of the of the guardsmen, though. Okay. Hmm. Also, it's mentioned that Tavi's father was very brave. Like a guardsman of someone important. Hmm. Hmm. Could Fade still be? Our, our heir to the throne here. Oh. 
Fade is Fade is getting his guardsmen back up and running. Fade is like, hey, Tavi, okay. you did a great job. Now here's your uniform. I still need to okay. play low. <laughs> I I like where you're going. I wanna I wanna turn us a little bit though. Okay, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Tavi is not the son of the the prince or whatever he was. Mm-hmm. Tavi is Fade's son. Ooh. Because to, you're right, Tavi or, or Fade does give him this guardsman's cloak and sword. Well, Fade was was the guardsman. Seems if like I remember it. correctly. Seems like maybe. Not confirmed. I'll say not confirmed. No, it totally is. No, I I I feel like Fade is is giving Tavi his birthright, which is Fade's cloak and sword. Because like otherwise, this is a t- this is a dumb gift, right? Right. Yeah. It's like oh this this cloak and sword, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I had these at the beginning of the book already. This isn't a gift, yeah. Fade. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, I do like this. I do like this. I'll say, all of the other characters in the book seem to think Tavi is way more important than this. Like, if he's just the son of a guardsman, it's like, yeah, kind of cool. But he's not, like, the most important person around who we all need to protect and has this big secret that people are coming to steal him away. But if if he's the last guardsman who can protect Fade, uh, then he seems important. (laughs) That's so so stupid. (laughs) Say none of it's confirmed and could still happen. Who knows? Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. But what <laughs> what I wanted to say is that we got we got a comment on the on the uh, Dresden Files subreddit saying that there is a lot of a lot of foreshadowing that seems a little too obvious, mm-hmm. um, which I would ag- I would agree with. Um, but I I I do like that it's given us an opportunity to uh, step out of step out of the comfort zone of the obvious guesses and go towards go out on, on a little more of a limb mm-hmm. gotta take risks we've gotta take risks that's what we're so, doing so so we're going your your theory is that tavi is uh just a guardsman for fade mm-hmm. and my theory is that tavi is fade's son uh yeah that sounds right that feels both of those feel good to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definite possibilities <laughs> yeah who knows they could be both one interesting thing about the end of this this like battle mm-hmm. is that there were a lot of times where suddenly things looked really good and then they looked really bad for a moment. Like uh <laughs> the one like Fade comes out and uh crushes what's his name, Alderic. the other swordsman, and then like immediately gets not actually murdered, but we thought he was murdered. I feel like there were a lot of times at this at this where we thought that it was over. Another example being when uh, Daroga comes in and is going to save the day, and then like oh, all of a sudden it's not saved. A lot of times where I thought that it was going to be over, and then we got some uh, catastrophic news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting 
that you said so that's interesting because my perspective was the opposite like to me it Mm. felt like there were a lot of times where it was over where they were all done and destroyed but then it still it didn't quite happen and it seemed like to me they were like barely hanging on all the way until the end and just happened to make it through because like all right first all the wolf warriors show up and they're doing okay but a lot of them are dying and then the herdbane show up and it's like okay yeah they're pretty much done uh there's like 10 people left it's pretty much over bummer and they scare all the herdbane away and it's like all right we still haven't seen the main horde yet so We'll see. And then the main horde shows up and it's like 10,000 people. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're definitely done now. And I'm like, okay, but there's still going to be the Gargants coming. Maybe, maybe. And then they're not coming. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe not. Maybe they show up after the battle. <laughs> and then they show up and I'm like, hey, all right, maybe it's it's kind of even now. The odds are even. And then Daroga gets shot with the arrow. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's over now. Cool, 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 cool. And they so they happen to just skid through at the very end is is how it felt to me so it's interesting that you were like on the opposite end well okay let me say i i want to maybe amend mine a little bit because Mm -hmm. i think we're probably saying similar things and i want to change it to saying that there was a ton of momentum swings Mm -hmm. here back and yes yes where uh the baddies have a lot of momentum right (laughs) <laughs> continuously building up uh and then daroga comes in we get a momentum swing mm-hmm. boom daroga gets shot with an arrow momentum swing back boom uh <laughs> isana's in uh in bad shape because we're we're bringing uh cord back into we it. still have Things to deal with bad. fucking cord yeah <laughs> uh she crushes him boom momentum swing back uh literally crushes him things are looking rough on the battlements uh between our main guys and then like uh what's his name kills a bunch of people things are looking bad boom fade reveals himself things are looking good fade gets hung things are looking bad i there's a lot of swings a lot of uh a lot of emotions going back and forth yeah very intense ending battle very intense finale for sure for sure. Good momentum swings. I want to I want to touch on Cord here for a second, for just a second. Did Cord get what he deserved? I mean, probably not. Definitely. Okay, I feel like definitely not. And I feel like there was such a better opportunity to give him away worse punishment. And let okay. me know if you had a similar thought along these lines. As soon as Cord put that collar on uh, the Water Witch, I can't remember her name right now, Odiana, and it, you know it, it looked like it was pretty bad. I was hoping f- from that point onward, at some point, that collar would get on Cord, mm. and they would be making Cord do all these terrible things, like. Like a little uh, kind of poetic justice where he would have to then like deal with the stuff that he was making other people do. And like, <laughs> okay, but what would that be? All right. Well, not exactly the same. I, I, 
I don't think you could do it exactly the same, but I think you could still make him do a lot of humiliating things with that collar on. Okay. That are like, like taking the power away from him that he was wielding over people and like making him experience what it was like for all of those people to have their like will taken away by him. I kind of wanted that scene. I kind of wanted Odiana to put the collar around him and be like, go clean out the pigsty with your mouth, you dirty animal <laughs> boy. <laughs> Fair. Like, um, it, it just felt way too clean for him. Like, yeah, they're going to torture you for a little bit, but then they're going to kill you. So that's it. Bye. I, I guess. Okay, okay. I feel like it felt too, I don't know if clean is the right word, but too normal. Mm-hmm. And not not like not fitting. Cord deserves a creative. Like, oh yeah, he's death. gonna he's gonna get like tortured and killed. That's like the classic. Right, right. It's not. It wasn't. It wasn't like poetic justice, like you would say. Exactly. I will. I will say the poetic justice would have to be very immoral. <laughs> but Odiana is the one that would be doing it, and that matches up perfectly. Exactly. Odiana is the perfect person to do this. Ah, uh, yeah. I wanted a little bit more for Cord, and I'm disappointed we didn't get a little bit more mm-hmm. for Cord. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So, we don't need to talk about this for too long, but there's no way in hell those sheep survived, right? <laughs> I was considering bringing this up. When uh, you're talking about when when uh, Tavi is going to get his reward, but he goes and... Uh, and like brings the sheep back. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get it. At that, <laughs> I get it, Tavi. You've got a job to do, but you can't just steal someone else's sheep and then make it look like you finished the job that you started at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's not a good look. Yeah, at, if this is the same, if these are the same sheep, like, what is the point of you as a, as a, sheep herder or whatever right yeah like they're resilient enough to do whatever they want they survived not one but two meat blenders that we saw just indiscriminately destroying wildlife and you were able to go out days after you lost them find them and bring them back in a reasonable amount of time for you to get your reward and for everyone to see you on the horizon with these sheep there's no way you stole those sheep. sheep tavi you stole <laughs> those sheep from someone yeah because the uh, the original sheep are gone there's no way to be they fair through. to be fair like all of the other stead holters are dead <laughs> bernard holt is the only one left so like we might as well this is exactly what happened this is exactly what happened tavi was like, "Mm, I've got one last thing to do. He went out, looked for like four hours and found all of his sheep dead. Just like sheep guts, body parts all over the place, bits of wool hanging in trees. And then off in the distance, he heard like, like a bat. And he went and he saw that there were exactly the right number of sheep just running around from one of the other stead holts that was just decimated in this attack. And he was like, they're not even coming back. Maybe this is from the Aldo 
the Aldo Holt, mm-hmm. where they just got destroyed. And Tavi walks up on the like burnt husk of this dead Holt and finds their sheep paddock and is like, I mean, they're not using them. This one kind of looks like Dodger. Not to. Right, right. Like maybe Dodger has a little notch in his ear and that's how they know who that is. And Tavi just goes up to one of the sheep and is, now you're Dodger. It's like when your mom replaced your goldfish when you were a kid so that they didn't have to have the tough discussion with you about death. And they were like, yeah, they're not going to know if this goldfish right. is, a, is a different one. Right, Tavi's about to head out, head out to university anyway. Like, he just want, he just needs the spectacle. Exactly, exactly. And I'd say he got it. I would too. Good for him. Good for him. Luke, should we give reviews? Oh, I forgot about reviews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't prepare any. But uh, you you go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I enjoyed this book a lot i thought this book was a very fun read uh i don't think it was like outstanding (laughs) this is going to be surprising luke but i'm not going to put it in my top five um (laughs) i i thought this was a good book not great fun read uh i thought the climax at the end was very exciting good fights interesting magic uh but nothing like super outstanding uh, I definitely read more in this series. I think it's they're a good, fun series, but I wouldn't say it like stands out. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I definitely think I think that that's also kind of what it's designed to be. Like it's supposed to be just kind of a fun read, I think, mm-hmm. and it and it it is like, and it's fun to talk about, right? There's interesting magic. Uh, the magic can do a lot of things. There's different like people like the marat and they have different uh magic's not the right word like culture wait a minute i just realized did we not get anything more about this like bond between between tavi and what's her name okay i forgot about this completely we're already in reviews so let's make this very short yeah i don't know what the fuck happened there because it seems like the Marat girl bonded to Tavi, right? That was like the thing that happened where her mm-hmm. eyes turned green. Mm-hmm. That's That was my take on it. Yeah. So is she now just like, that would suck though. Right? <laughs> it would be terrible. If, if you're like, okay, we can be either a, a take after a gargant, be super strong, super buff. We can be a horse, be super elegant. And then you bond with like some scrub boy. That's tough. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't think she's super excited about it either. Okay. Anyway, I'm assuming that's going to be be relevant in in future books. Yeah, probably. Uh, but no, I yeah, it was a it was a very it was a very fun read. I think. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of that's kind of it. Um, okay, that was Furies of Calderon. Great, great to read it. Uh, let's. So next week. We will be starting on The Rage of Dragons by Evan Winter. Pretty excited. Pretty excited to get back into dragons. I haven't seen one in a while. I'm so excited to get back into dragons, Luke. I'm very pumped about it. So check out the first third. 
of the Rage of Dragons for next week. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody who's in the States listening to us. If you're not in the States, have a great Thanksgiving anyway. I'll say it. Uh, And we'll see you all next week with a whole fresh batch of hot takes. And still being some dumb nerds. 